I'm totally not taking this opportunity to look up what episode number it is because you reminded me I did not know what episode it is. 143, maybe? 143. Yay! Hello! Hi! Hi! Welcome to this week's episode of the Season 9 Check of OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. It's episode 143, as Al said. Yay! I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen and Ladium. Hello! Feels like we just did one of these very it, recently. It really <laughs> does. Kind of weird. I mean, but we also, did do one very recently. Yes. Like, all of last week was just, like... Odd. Every day did not feel like the, the day it was supposed to be. So, like, all of, like, time and everything just fell off. I just threw you completely off by being out of town. Mm-hmm. Slash out of the country. And then the airport was like, well, let's just make that even worse. Yay! But anyways, you are back. I'm here. And uh, you played through a game over the weekend. I did. We did. I, I ended up reviewing this game. You did? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the reason you know about it. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about it. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And then I played the demo. I'm like, huh, this is interesting. <laughs> and then I just played the game. And, and also reminiscent of another game we've, we've talked about on this oh. very show. Yes. But before we get into that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're not going to dive into this at like at full length because we have we have done a complete episode on this. Mm-hmm. But Final Fantasy VIII Remaster came out. Yes, it has. And I feel like we have to talk about it for like a little bit. <laughs> As you can tell, Al is very excited. Um, so I am in the process of reviewing that. Mm-hmm. That should be probably done by the time this goes up i don't know if it'll be posted by the time this goes up but i had that a little bit before you and you were like i i literally hate you that that's i will come fight you it was a conversation that happened yes um but given the nature of like how much you enjoy this game and all that i feel like it's it's proper that we at least discuss a little bit about this remaster um I think the biggest takeaway from it is that if you've if you played the Final Fantasy VII one, the one they put out on PlayStation Four a few years back and then eventually ported to Xbox and and Switch, that is the baseline they are going with for Final Fantasy VIII Remaster. Which I think um, the nine port they did was mostly based off of the mobile version they did they put out, mm-hmm. and that's what they basically used because it has like all sorts of like weird game breaking things you can do in that this has essentially kind of like the same interface that the seven one to had where it has like the same uh buffs and everything where like you have god mode three xp to no encounters and like they're the basically the same icons as well mm-hmm. from the seven remaster um as you've seen through trailers and everything like they they redid all the character models they did they're so pretty now mm-hmm. Uh, they are a little weird because they don't like faces don't animate. They're just very still. So like, I mean that that's very true for like a PlayStation One game. So like, I I mean that works. Yeah. Um, so like it. They it do works. blink. They do blink. Um, it's kind of that that idea that like you know you've played a game a long time ago and you come back to it later and it's like oh this isn't this doesn't look like how i remember it this is kind of like how i would feel if someone had played final fantasy 8 in 1999 and did never saw another screenshot of it again until today <laughs> they they would look at this and be like yeah that's how i remember this game looking uh spoiler alert it it didn't look like that no um 
the weird I thing mean, is though like there is like this uncanny valley i think aspect to those good looking models where this game also has the same problem that the seven remaster had where they redo the character models but they do not touch the backgrounds in the slightest yeah they did that with nine as well and it just it looks so weird like i don't understand i, I mean i kind of like i have theories of like why this they don't touch up those backgrounds maybe it's because a they they don't have the assets for those anymore most likely or b and this could be a combination of the two like it's just too hard to really upres those backgrounds without like breaking aspects of the game or just breaking how they would put this game back together for like a remaster or something like that so it might just be one of those things where they really can't do it without it becoming like too like cost effective or just breaking the game entirely but it's one of those things where you just look at it and you're like i wish these backgrounds looked better i wish like that aspect of the game also was remastered in the same way like they that they, they that they did these character models and everything but it is what it is yeah my concern is that at that point it starts becoming like final fantasy 7 remake levels that they're just gonna be like well what if we just change the story and add things in it's like what if we just got rid of the combat system <laughs> also uh, for the record um episode 23 is when we talked about final fantasy 8 if you want our whole that's a long time ago i know i just looked it up um and another i guess comparison that we can make with the character models is literally a conversation we had, uh, I guess, last night. I don't remember if it was last night or today. My day is kind of like melded into <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII. It's very um, true. There was a moment where uh, I was, I think it was last night, um, talking with you and Zoo showed up on there. And I was like, oh, that's what she looks like. <laughs> because I, I never really knew what she looked like. She was just like, a blob with hair because if you didn't look at these characters outside of like character art like on screen they just looked like a jumble of pixels because i think like obviously this is square's kind of first take at doing you know a 3d jrpg and not having just like tiny character models on screen for most of the game like they did with seven where like they had like the little more chibi looking ones and then like they would have the full characters for like battles this is basically they have full characters for everything so i think that kind of like hindered them a bit where they all the characters kind of just look like a jumble of pixels and all that but now they you can actually see them you can yes. actually see what they look like <laughs> squall is the best looking guy in the room finally he is the best looking guy in the room he still drinks out of his eye yeah that's also a thing that still happens i'm i'm unsure why he still drinks out of his eyeball but you know you do useful it's true um i think as well though like we were kind of having this conversation last night but we you know we talked about this in the the episode we did about ff8 but like ff8 is a very controversial game Mm-hmm. In terms of just like the the catalog of Final Fantasy games, like it is, it, it is a very love it or hate it type of game, and I think part of that is to do with like the way they basically revamped the battle system and mm-hmm. introduced the draw system and all that sort of stuff. I feel like with the way that they brought in those those boosts into FF8 Remaster with God Mode and Times Three Speed, 
I think that's going to help people kind of understand drawing better or at least give them like the patience to to want to like actually commit to doing that considering you can just put those on and just like not let your characters die and just draw to your heart's content um and i think as well like you know it, 20 years later like the internet is the where it is where if you want it, if you need to find someone to tell you like okay why do i need to draw in this game like that information is readily available like i know obviously the game doesn't really do a great job of telling you like why this is a really important, important mechanic of the game but I feel like nowadays, like, if you go read a review of FFA Remaster, it'll tell you, like, yeah, drawing is, is very important. You should do it, and here is why. Or at least, like, someplace on the internet will tell you that. Um, but I think it's, it's going to make things, like, a little bit easier for people to understand it and, like, kind of get wrap their heads around it, unlike back in 1999 when it came out and people were just like, what the f*** is this? <laughs> I mean, the reason that drawing is important is that, like, I am at the beginning of this three and I have Squall with just regular attacks doing like 8k. You can very much just break the game. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm stupidly overpowered. Also, did... if you have a lot of money, in which case, like, you know, get your seed rank up, get paid a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you can go to the, the, was it Shimu Village? I, I forget what they're called. Um, and there's this draw point outside and they're like there's no take backsies but it's five grand for a draw and like yes you should do this you should always do this because that draw point has ultima and it keeps reloading and you keep having to pay for it but like that is a good good place to get like the best magic in the game yeah yep and you can get it as soon as you have the garden floating Yay! Well, and if you have that much money to spend, yeah. Anyway, um, draw. It is your friend. It is your friend. So yeah, FF8 remaster seems good. Um, there are, like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna look weird in places because of just updated character models and not updated backgrounds and other aspects of the game not looking up to snuff, but. I think that's kind of what people expected from mm -hmm. this anyway, so that's, like, not super surprising. But, uh, yeah. Um, apparently, I think the Steam version is the one that has, like, a bunch of the weird stuff that where you just super break the game, like the when I originally played it on PC, but I think that's just because it's based off of that PC version. Mm. The Steam version, at least. I don't know what the, uh, the console versions and everything else is. I haven't... Um, seen anything around that says one way or the other which what version of the game is based off of but but yeah if very master if fates out everywhere you can play all of the playstation final fantasy games now in a convenient mm -hmm. place yay which is which is pretty cool it is really cool and it has been a long time coming mhm mm i'm 8 needs more love guys i can only I am only one person and I do know that like my love is loud and obnoxious for everybody and so full for Final Fantasy VIII, but I am just one person. I need support to love. Especially because like if you would have asked at the beginning of this year whether Final Fantasy VIII would be coming out to modern consoles, people would look at you and be like, probably not. Yeah. That source code's been lost. We don't no one knows where it is. It's probably never coming out. 
and now it is. Yay! And cool. I've basically done nothing but play that and sleep for a few hours. Yeah. And go to a doctor's appointment. To the surprise of no one. Nobody's shocked. Zero people. You were literally counting down the minutes last night. I for it to unlock. was. I was. We were playing JoJo and I was like, oh my god. It needs to unlock already. It was great. So that, that, that's that's a brief bit of Final Fantasy VIII Remaster. It seems Ask cool. Ask me about Final Fantasy VIII, guys. I will tell you all about Final Fantasy VIII. That's not a lie. It is not a lie. <laughs> She'll be like, oh yeah, this part. Yeah, I know what this means. Oh, this section with that ha- that sounds like it has like weird baby making music. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. I know <laughs> where to go in the soundtrack for that. <laughs> oh, you want the the actual good date? Oh, you need to use these instruments. <laughs> I got oh, you. Oh man, I feel like I don't. I don't. Have you played a lot of Final Fantasy VIII? Can't tell. You know, not sure. So yeah, there is that. There's Final Fantasy Remaster. Anyways. But that's not what we're actually going to talk about today. We're going to talk about another game. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, we, we, we came to the conclusion today that uh, Ultimacia, or Ultimacia, whichever you want to say, um, is a shifter. Mm-hmm. So this is this Final Fantasy VIII is in the Zero Escape universe. Yep. Final Fantasy VIII is the prequel to 999. <sighs> it is the genesis of shifting. Oh my god. Someone needs to ask Uchikoshi if, if Final Fantasy VIII is a zero escape game. <laughs> um, I'd be willing to ask him. <laughs> Ultimacia has the ability to shift, it seems like, in Final Fantasy VIII. Is that a ni- Does this mean it's a zero escape game? Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. Anyways, yeah. I mean, technically, like, Elon is also capable of shifting. Or she shifts other people. Yeah. She's like a prototype shifter. Yeah. Anyway. Let's talk about the game we were were going to talk about fully here today. Yee. Not games we have talked about in the past on other episodes. Well, we're actually going to talk a little bit about a game we've talked about. That is true. (laughs) And I pulled up what episode number that is, too. Good, good. Um, so, we recently played through a game called World End Syndrome. It is a visual novel. You can find it on the PlayStation 4 and the Switch. It came out back in May. Mm-hmm. But we are just now playing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I guess... One of the sticking points for it is that character designs were done by Yuki Kato, who is known for the their work on the Blaze Blue series. Yep. And the director and writer of the game is Tomio Kanazawa, who also directed and wrote a little game called Seven Scarlet. That we talked about on episode 78, because it, I played it, and it is an Otome. It was a part of your Otome summer. It was... And it's what number two on my list of best Atome? Yes, the the number two best Atome game out there. Wow. That you can buy. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna mean that we're gonna be coming to this game with different experiences, let's say. E. Um, 
me because I, I didn't play Seven Scarlet. I know you told me about it, but like, I don't yeah, remember I it. I remember the things I remember from that game are long hands. That's uh, basically it. And Cat Dude. Big hands, and she's obsessed with the big hands. And yes. yeah, the dude with his kitties that he keeps falling and dropping the cat treats out of his pocket. If you told me to explain the story of Seven Scarlet, I would not be able to do that. <laughs> so I didn't remember that, and then obviously played through this, and I was like, oh, this is pretty neat. And then you have obviously played through Seven Scarlet, and <laughs> coming into this game, you were like playing the demo. You're like, oh yeah, this is definitely this is this is similar. This is similar. This is similar. This is similar. And then also, you showed me that the opening theme to Seven Scarlet is a song called "World's End Syndrome." Yep. <laughs> Which is like, wow. All yep. right. Yep. All right. Yep. Basically, All right. the difference is you date women and or. Yeah. Seven Scarlet's and Atome, this is a more, I guess, I, they, I guess they just call them dating sims. Like, there's no other generic tem, term for when you're going after ladies instead of dudes, so. But yeah. yeah. That is the uh, the difference here. Um, well, and Seven Scarlet had adults. Yes, these are, got some high schoolers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Like we said, this is a visual novel. Um, there's no real like other gameplay hook to this. Like you know, with other visual novels, there sometimes are. This is you know they they threw in a dating sim into this. That's the yep. gameplay hook. Um, but the one element of gameplay really is just like picking things on a map. Yeah, which that's real. I don't know if that would really count as gameplay. It's just it it doesn't. But yeah, it's the um, closest you're gonna get. So they basically split the game up into kind of sections. There is a prologue, which kind of gives you an introduction to the story and everything, gives you an introduction to what you're doing in this town, all of the, the characters you get introduced to and, like, the differences between them and all that sort of stuff, and sets up the big mysteries that are going to be prevalent throughout the rest of the game. Um, and then once you get past that, that's when the basically the game opens up and you're able to kind of go around to different parts of the town, and that's where you kind of start trying to figure out how you're going to go on your specific routes you need to go to to eventually find yourself in the true ending. Which I will say that like I I used a guide that you sent me. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how anybody would figure out how to get through this game without a guide. Just major safes coming. It, would, that's that would the only thing to figure is that like you would have to just save scum and check every single place and that would be so obnoxious. Yeah. Ugh. I did I did it the first time through just kind of picking and choosing places to go. So like I was able to kind of skip things later on. Um, but the only thing that really seemed like good for was like doing some quests. There's some of the quests here and there. Um, but other than that, I was not on any route whatsoever. So I just got like, I didn't even make it to like the festival and just batted me. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it was weird. Um, but I think this game does have some interesting things going on with it. When you get into like, when it opens up, like there are, weird there's some quests you can do like it'll like kind of pop up here and they're like Little oh you, you, yeah um we'll be like okay well you need to do this by this set of date or do this thing whatever and you'll get like little rewards for it um there's a bunch of collectibles you can find as well that are kind of like tokens or stuff that you can find around town that like gives you a little bit of more lore um which is neat that they add kind of something to that to make it not just straight where you have to go find routes and everything. You know, there's a little more things you can kind of go out and find if you're so inclined, so inclined and going like outside the realms of just the regular dating routes and all that. Um, 
whole bunch of tips and all that because that's that's what these games are. Got to have a bunch of those. Uh, but yeah, um, so we'll talk about the prologue a bit. This, there is a demo out if you want to if you want to pick it up. Um, I know it was on Switch. I, I don't know if it's on PS4 or not, but um, which for the record, if you played through the demo. Yes, this is it, a good point. It does not save your save file. You cannot carry that over. Right. You have to replay everything. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. But yeah. Um, but essentially, since we will be going through story, we will basically be spoiling things. So just bear that in mind. Um, if you want to like tap out once we get through like the prologue stuff, if you're like interested, that would probably be a good chi- good time to, to check out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we'll... we'll Mostly, I mean, it's a visual novel, so, like, there's really, we can't avoid talking about spoilers in the slightest. Which, I will say, I was very, very shocked how long the demo lasted. Like, I kept expecting it to cut me off, and, like, it goes all the way through the prologue, which is, like, several hours of gameplay. Mm-hmm. It was impressive. Uh, But the prologue begins, basically, or I guess the game itself begins. Um, You're riding a train, and you are on your way to Mihate Town. Mm-hmm. Which is this nice little town off the on the coast? Uh, it's a very small town, um, and it is famous for a legend that is there. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But you're riding this train. You meet this girl named Yukino. She's a writer, and she wakes you up, and you're like in a daze the entire time, like because you just woke up. Um, she keeps you company on the train ride to Mihate, and then eventually you get off and find yourself in the town you have to find like this big ha- they call it a mansion it's they just call a big it a man- house it's a big house it's not even the- it's not a mansion it but... has like three rooms like yeah. three bedrooms <laughs> and one bathroom like it's not a mansion it does uh, have a sweet porch though it does uh so this house is owned by your uncle he's sending you- he's letting you stay there as you go to school as you transfer schools over in mihate um and you basically head off to that and the first night you spend there, you basically kind of like just you see the lay of the land or the, the the house basically, and then you like sit out on the porch at night and you listen to this weird spooky radio store sto- show, not store. <laughs> um, which they do say it's like ASMR. So that's the second time we've talked about that. And yes, like what two weeks? I think so. Nice. I had no idea what it was until like a week ago. So the radio store, why do we keep saying store? Radio show <laughs> kind of goes off of like the the big legend that is surrounding the town, and the, the legend of the town is that of the Yomi Bito, which are basically essentially kind of like zombies. Um, they are people who have come back to life. Uh, those people basically they don't remember when they died. They, all that memory is gone, and basically um, they will eventually go on a killing rampage. As time goes on, yeah, if they are left unchecked, they will go into a killing rampage and. That supposedly happens every 100 years, and it happens specifically in Mihate, and they are now coming up on the 100th year to where this could happen again. Uh, for the record, the only thing that's different from Seven Scarlet on this is the 100-year thing. Everything else is the exact same. <laughs> Literally everything else is the exact same. They, they changed the town name, and they added the 100 years. Otherwise, it's the exact same thing. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of similarities to Seven Scarlet. If you, if you like, if you've played that game, you're going to see a lot of those mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the game. But if you have it, like this is going to be seen new and fresh, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit different perspective wise. 
Um, eventually, you you have to go to bed because you're you're sleepy and you travel all day. Uh, you wake up in the middle of the night and there's a girl in your bed for whatever reason. I you're like, you meant me, and I was like, oh, I am sleepy always. That too. <laughs> um, you wake up and you're like, oh, what is this? Oh no. <laughs> what is going on and like the protagonist just like sits up in bed and just like sits there the entire time like i'm not doing anything i'm just gonna sleep like this (laughs) it was so funny because he was just like i'm gonna just deal with this later and just right here everything's fine i'll deal with it in the morning i'm like dude really (laughs) uh eventually you wake up the next day and you find out that like there, this other girl is living in this house. She is your kind of, sort of cousin, maybe. Who knows? Um, she's also living there because she was sent there as well. She was not told you were coming, and neither were you told that she was there. <laughs> so you're just like, uh, well, I guess we're just gonna deal with this. I don't know. Shrug shoulders. Accidental roommates. Accidental roommates. She tells you not to tell anyone that you're living together, but then like you people find out like the very first day. So because she says it to somebody, yes. and she says it to the one person that you wouldn't tell. Oh boy. Who is annoying best friend? He is. He's something, all right. God, he sucks. He really sucks. The whole time, I'm just like, oh, God, why are you here? Uh, so eventually, you go to school the next day, and you get introduced to your class and everything. Um, you have your homeroom teacher, who is uh, Kaori Yamashiro. She's famous in the town because she wrote a book on the Yomabito legend, and it blew up, and now it's getting made into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also forming a, a club. That's on a trial basis where it's not an official club, but she's basically testing it out for next year. Uh, it is unofficially titled the Mystery Club, but I think it's like the official title is like the Tribal Research Club. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um, also in your class is a girl named Miyu. She's very like does not talk a lot and seems very shady. Mm-hmm. Also, um, she gave you like a weird eyeball thing when she first sees you. Yes. Uh you also meet, as you called him, annoying best friend, who is Kensuke. He is he is that that character in a visual novel. He is uh-huh. the the weird, pervy, very loud, obnoxious character. My God, I hate him. <laughs> um, you also eventually meet uh, Saya. She's the rich girl. That that's her character. She's the rich girl. Yep. Um. So yeah, you meet a bunch of characters. You eventually get roped into joining the mystery club because of things. <sighs> Kensuke just wants to join, and he basically just drags you there. And they're like, "Why are you here?" And then they're like, Ugh. "And then eventually you just you join up and all this stuff." Uh, they eventually uh, recruit another member who goes by the name of Hanako Yamada, who is totally not an idol or anything no not at all why would you ever think that she is totally not the idol Ray Nikaido Mm-mm. definitely not nope no sorry uh Ray is there she is in town because she's going to be filming or she's going to be the the lead actress in the the movie about uh Kaori's book so that's why she's there um 
eventually Yukino eventually also shows up and starts living with you and then joins the mystery club as well, even though she is not a high schooler in the slightest. Nope. Uh, you also meet other characters like uh, Ryoko, who's a cop, who also just plays Blaze Blue, which they literally name drop in this game. Yep, they do. So that is a thing. Um, Mibu, who is Saya's older brother. He does a lot of stuff with their family's business and everything. Uh, Yamato is Miyu's older brother. He runs a cafe where you go to a lot and eat and drink coffee. Or iced tea is the protagonist drinks, but never gets it. He never gets it. Never gets it. Poor boy. Um, but yeah, those are basically your 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 big main characters you're going to see throughout this. Um, the prologue basically kind of just like continues on throughout like the first two months that you're there, where you're just kind of going through the motions at first, um, and getting to know basically all the characters at once, finding out what's happening throughout the town and all that sort of stuff. Um, Eventually, there is a, a girl that goes missing, who who goes to your school as well. She eventually she was is supposed to join the club. She was she was being recruited for the club, but then she she goes missing, and then she eventually is found is found dead because uh, you find her bag floating mm-hmm. down the river as you're on like a cookout with the club, and then her body's discovered like a little bit later on after that, which is the second person who's gone missing yes, in the town. Yes, one that was like. In the school, in the, like, next area. Yeah, like a neighboring school who also went missing in the same areas, basically. Uh-huh. So there's a, there's a little cause for worry. And also just because, like, people know about the Yomi Beetle legend and they're like, oh, the Yomi Beetles are going to come back and all that sort of stuff. Um, also, you learn about the protagonist's past where he talks about uh, his sister who died and that's kind of, like, why he's here. Yes. We wanted to basically get away from everything. Um, he he tells maybe cousin, he's like, I killed her with my own hands. Mm-hmm. So all that happens and then um, basically things continue on and then you eventually get to a point where Kaori asks you if you should, if, if she should invite new members to the, the club and the first time you go through the prologue, you will have to you have one choice and you answer, Yeah, why not? Sure, let's do that. If you do that though, it basically <laughs> time warps you and you get a bad ending. Where A very bad ending. Where Miami and Yukino are like killed in your room. Or not in your room, but in your house. You're like just wonder running around going wondering what's happening. You'd see Miu Miu's eye like through the peephole of a of the of the door. lock in your door. Um, then you get it, shanked. And then you get shanked. It's very confusing. Now, you don't understand what's happening at this point. Nope. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> um, so you have to go through the prologue again, but you can you know skip through it and all that sort of stuff. And then by the time you get to the end again, you'll get a, a new choice, which basically is like, no, you shouldn't have anyone else come in, come and join the club. Once you do that, though, that's when the game opens up properly uh-huh. to where you have full reign of you know going places and all that stuff. And that's where you start... Are able to go into your routes and all that sort of stuff. So, um, do we have a preference on which? Should we just go in order of how you did it through the guide? Yeah, I think so. Because um, some of them are locked behind that. That like right. you have to do some of the earlier ones in order mm-hmm. for it to actually work. Right. 
Um, but the first three, I think you can kind of interchange a little bit. Maybe uh, the first two, at least specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know how like the third one might not be as interchangeable, but uh, the first um, two at least. Yeah. Uh, so one of the first people you can you can go for is Saya, um, and you learn about her story about like how her family has come up and everything, how all that, and how they've come to prominence in the town itself, and how like. They are supposedly the ones who got rid of the Yomi Bito 100 years ago, and they celebrate this and all that sort of stuff. Um, through this, you also learned that uh, Miyu's family was also like another big prominent family 100 years ago, and they supposedly were sheltering the Yomi Bito, and that's how they kind of fell out of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of like, it's not really talked about like nowadays, but it is a, a keynote to, to remember going forward. Um, but yeah, like the the routes are weird in the way like if you're trying to if you're going for them like you know if you're following a guide and everything, um, just trying to get them. For sure, it's a lot of like going around to a place where you know they will be. It's so creepy. Yeah, it's it's like I understand why it's a dating sim kind of trope where you would do this just to like you know get your affinity up with this person and all that sort of stuff, but if you look at the logistics of it through like a realism spectrum spectrum, it's just it's very creepy and stalkerish and you're just like this mm, yeah feels real gross yeah it was it was very upsetting um so you go through her route and basically she has some issues where she has to learn about like her how like her real parents and all that sort of stuff and it's very bad for her um kind of calls into her question like how she feels about her her actual family and everything um all that sort of stuff um there's also like uh they bring up that what's it Mibu me weird brother dude yes what's yeah you, you're right okay um he he has issues like public speaking Mm-hmm. Um, they bring that up, which same, but like they bring that up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, he's got to get used to it because he's gonna take over the company and blah 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 blah." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm good at it, but he has to start doing it." And it's it's a thing that they make sure they point out. <laughs> yeah, and also they kind of like bring up the fact that like she is kind of the better at that sort of stuff than he is, mm-hmm. and it's kind of calling the question like, well, are they really going to go with him to, to lead the company later on? Or are they just going to like put everything on her instead? Um, so yeah, eventually like her supposed real dad shows up and basically tells her that he is her real dad. And like that puts her into like a real funk and everything. Um, to where like you you eventually meet like her actual like not her actual dad but like the dad that she's known and all all throughout her life and everything and he has to give her like this this rousing speech of like you're the one I you're my daughter and all this sort of stuff um but yeah eventually he goes through the route and you end up getting to date her and all that sort of stuff uh the, but then the things go weird at the end yes um. Also, it's odd because she's, like, much younger than everybody else. Yeah. She's, like, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, like, straddles you at one point. It's like, I'm going to show you that I'm a woman. I'm like, ooh. 
homegirl, calm down. Um, so eventually, like all the all the routes kind of converge at the festival that happens. You will eventually like meet your the person you are pursuing at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, things will happen, and you will eventually leave the festival, and then th- things go just bad. Yeah, there's there's a person in a panda mask in many of these mm-hmm. routes. There is a person in a panda mask because the panda mask is a relevant to to Ray's idol group that she's in um but this person panda mask will like is basically someone who is doing bad things um they will show they show up in front of you and basically have a knife and they're like i'm gonna shank you um i can't remember if it's this route or the other route where when this happens in the route uh you will see hooded people show up no it's a different one i thought it was this route but maybe it's because the first two routes they have like kind of similar endings, but yeah, it was it wasn't this one because I remember I texted you. It was like, um, I just got shanked by a panda. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of do in in the first two routes specifically, so yeah. But like the, I I would have like mentioned the hoods in the the first route if I had had them. It would have stuck out to me. Uh, but yeah, you get you get shanked. You do get shanked. And... Feel a little pokey stabby. That's not good. Um, don't don't get shanked. Don't get shanked. It's just a good idea in general. Good life advice. Good life advice. Um, and that's kind of just how it ends. <laughs> well, like, it's weird because you you live through it, and then it's like, okay, well, we're gonna date now, and then like you get the credits, and then afterwards it's like several people were murdered that were in high school and it's like Mm -hmm. um what things are not resolved no and then like somebody says like oh you know it was still drawn to you regardless it was it was very very odd but yeah you die in that one um so basically the next uh route is hanako or ray um get to date yourself an idol my favorite she was my favorite of all of them. Uh, so her route is is fun because like she has to like come to terms with like how she's hiding her her double identity and how she like re- basically reveals that to you and all that sort of stuff. Um, also in Saya's route, you learn that like her and Saya are like friends with each other, um, mostly because Saya's company is like kind of sponsoring sponsoring her. her. Yeah, but they've also become friends like legitimately and all that sort of stuff. But uh, <laughs> they both are like, oh, you know, you're like my first friend around my age mm-hmm. that like I get you. And there was like a bond that I felt immediately when I saw you, which like there's a reason for that. But we talk about that later. Yes. Uh, so Hanako has like, you know, obviously she has the Ray side of her and then her other side that is more supposedly kind of like herself. But like it is very two sides of the of the coin of the same coin where the Ray side is obviously, you know, the idol. It's very out there. She's very confident, very good at speaking and all that sort of stuff. It has the the look and feel of an idol and all that sort of stuff. When she's just like her normal self as Hanako, like she's just like very nervous and timid and shy and just like doesn't know what to do. It's very dancing all night. Yes. It is. It is that. Because that has the same thing that like mm-hmm. um, what's what's her name? Uh, Kaname. 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 Yeah. 
something like that. Um, she has the same thing. She's like, I'm going to run around in these glasses and sweats and be like a weird, awkward person, which like, that's my life. Um, <laughs> but then uh, when she turns like the idol persona on, she's like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. It's very much the same trope here. Which the, the thing that Ray does to hide her, her, herself in <laughs> when she's out and about normally is that she puts on uh, big spiral glasses, like the, the very tropey anime glasses, and then just ties her hair up. Which um, she does clarify that she can't see unless she has like either contacts or those in or the glasses. Like it's not just like a disguise. It's legitimately that right. she needs something to be able to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they are like the goggle glasses with the, the swirlies and she braids her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one's able to tell. <laughs> No, and she's constantly, like, messing up and saying, like, oh, you know, I've got to go to the shoot. Or, like, she would never do that. And they're like, oh, huh, what a big fan, huh? <laughs> yep. He's like, y- you guys, you're all idiots, all of you. They really are. <laughs> big <laughs> energy. Yep. Um. But, yeah, like, uh, you go through her route, and she eventually kind of reveals, like, who she is and... You get to see, like, kind of that dual facet of herself where you see the parts of her that, like, are, like, the idle parts of her and then the other parts of her that, like, just her as the kind of awkward just teenager who hasn't really had that many experiences with friends and everything because she's kind of been working throughout her entire, like, teenage years. So she hasn't really had to deal with any of this. And she's like, I just want to have a normal life. Oh, God. She's, like, obsessed with the idea of adolescence. Yes. Don't step on the laptop. Uh, eventually, through her route, you you find out uh, the, through all like all the routes, you find out like there's like a stalker going after her while she's here in town filming for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, within her route, you find out that like it's her actual dad. Yes. Who she's had to like get a restraining order after because um, he's abusive and he was drunk. yeah he was an abusive father who like just would drink all the time and then like wanted her money yeah and uh her mom basically left early on in her her childhood and her dad basically kind of like takes that out on her and all that sort of stuff um and she knows that she left to go to this town which is part of why she took the movie role right um she was basically like saved by her manager and like kind of thrust into being an idol just to kind of get her away from that situation Charlotte Tatsumi is her yes. name. Who, she, who speaks English randomly. Yeah, she just yells in English when she's mad, and it's hilarious. Mm. I was like, whoa, I'm not expecting that. <laughs> um, and one of the, the, the things that kind of, like, ties, like, all of the main characters together is that, like, they are battling some form of, like, trauma or something like that. Yes. Um, where Hanako, like, reveals to the protagonist in her route that, like, she was, like, contemplating suicide when she was living with her dad. Because mm-hmm. things were like so rough, and she couldn't handle it anymore. Um, she's like, dudes, or he was like, dude, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then eventually, like you know, you get through your route, and you come together, and then he calls her his waifu, and it's just like, oh, why would you ruin this? That made me so upset because I'm like, this is such a cute and good route, and I love her, and then like he called her waifu, and I'm just like, you've ruined everything. It's real bad. 
Like, why would you ever actually say that to a person ever? And like, there's nothing in her personality or anything that would indicate that she would even want him to say that. Right. Like, if it was someone like Futaba, I could see that more. Yeah. I would still think it was cringeworthy and hate it, but like, I could see it being relevant to her character. This one, I was just like, why? It's gross. Yeah. It's real bad. Uh, so you get to the festival again. She has to perform, obviously, because she's performing in all of the festival or in all of the the festival Rouse. arcs. Yeah. Um, you eventually meet up later, and then you kind of go off into the woods. Bad things happen again. Panda Mask shows up again. And I think this time he's like, the Panda Mask like, tells Ray, like, you're not supposed to be here. We've tried to get you out before. Like, you need to leave this town and all that sort of stuff. Um, you have to, like, fend off the attacker and all that sort of stuff. Get hit in the arm with a knife. Bad things happening. The hooded guys show up in this one, though. Okay. And they're they, like, are you guys them? No, you're not them. Everything's okay. Yeah, they basically, like, uh, save you and scare off the, the panda attacker. And then you're just like, what is happening? Because <laughs> nothing is explained. Um. Which Which are, is it revealed what their relationship is? Whose? Uh, Saya and um, Idol. Because it's hinted at both of them. And I think that... Right. I don't think it's actually, like, blatantly stated until very late. But, like, you know that their relationship is this, like, very Yeah, it's one of the later on. routes. I don't remember exactly which one, but... They basically do kind of confirm it, but then don't really go anywhere with it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Spoiler alert: They're sisters. Yes. Um. One thing I will say about this game that, like, I think is a is a good positive for it is that as you make your way through each route, they're like, they don't really like give you a whole lot of like, oh, here's what's happening, here's what's happening, here's what's happening at first. Mm -hmm. Like those first three routes are basically like some teases here and there the third route is like you kind of get a little bit more and then once you get into like the fourth and fifth route that's when you start getting like a lot more information toward like to you um and even then it's like not everything um that's how seven scarlet did it too well yeah um, <laughs> but like that kind of like storytelling is is very good for like you know these types of games and everything because like obviously you want to like figure out what's happening but like you know getting like peeling away like here's a layer here's a layer here's a layer of story is like it's it's good it, it does a good job of like giving you enough early on and even like later on as well but without like revealing so much that it's like well the later parts are, are rendered meaningless because you know everything by then right um, um one thing i forgot to tell you and i was just reminded of it because i said seven scarlet again um they also have like a barbecue by the river in Seven Scarlet. Barbecues by the river are very popular. And and it's their their research group having this barbecue by the river. But do they find a bag in the river? They find a body. <laughs> I guess that's a little bit <laughs> a smidge different. Smidge different, but like the implications are the same. Yeah. Um, it's just really, really funny to me. I'm like, yep. Y'all are going there. 
Anyway. Uh, so you get to the third route, which is uh, Miami. She's the, the, the kind of sort of baby cousin. Oh, also there's a secret idol in Seven Scarlet as well. Yes. It's trying to hide his identity behind being an awkward human being. The cat boy. He is the cat boy. He's the best boy. Anyway, continue. Um, so you Maybe your next cousin. round. What? Maybe cousin. Oh. So so your next round is Miami, like we said, maybe cousin. Um uh her route is like the first half of it is her like trying to figure out if she wants to date this other dude. I just realized we made a joke on accident. Did we? Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. cousin. Arrested yeah. development. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice. Anyway. Man. Whoops. Um. So like that that happens throughout like the first half of her route where she's like trying to figure out if she wants to date the student. You're just like, yeah, whatever. But why do I feel so different about this? Yeah. Like it's weird because he's like, so you're going to go hang out with this dude? You're going to do that? Oh, I don't care. And it's like what are you doing very soon to Ray um but then like there's this gal at the hospital who's a tiny gal who wants a kitty cat yeah and you gotta you gotta go help her and cheer her up through as she gets surgery and all that sort of stuff um that kind of brings them together a bit yeah eventually you learn that she went out with that dude once and then was like nah I'm good <laughs> and you're She's, like oh okay she said he was very pushy yeah which ugh so they need to become closer mm, yay uh, yay it's everything I ever wanted uh, you also learned that she's like hanging out with Mibu well hanging out is like She's there, and she kind of looks like she doesn't want to be there, but she has to be there for some reason, and you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on between the two. Yeah. Um, so that kind of becomes this weird point of contention as well. Uh, also, you learn that she is she is the host of the, the weird spooky radio show. Yep. Which is not who I was expecting it to be. It's not who I was expecting it to yeah. be either. They do a good uh, job of, of disguising the voice. They do, but also, like, it doesn't really make any narrative sense. She's like, oh, yeah, I needed a job, and I did this, and, like, oh, oh, okay, like, what? Sometimes you just need a job, and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I thought there would be a narrative reason, and there wasn't. Well, I mean, like, I feel like the entire premise of that show in general is just, like, hey, this book was popular, let's do something with it, so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, like, I necessarily thought it was going to be, like, super plot relevant, but... I just thought it would be somebody who actually, like, cared about this stuff. Like, she doesn't ever actually show any interest in, like, learning anything about the events. Yeah, but also it's just a it's a job. Yeah, I mean, girl, get paid. Do, yeah. Do your thing. Sometimes you, 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 pay, you get paid to do stuff you're not really interested in, so. Yep, tell me about it. <laughs> um, so that happens. Um... And then eventually, once you get to the end of her route, and you get to the the festival stuff and all that sort of stuff, uh, spooky, or does the spooky panda show up here, or is it just hoods? I can't remember. I, I know it's. I know something happens, but I don't remember if one thing is like the the setup for it or not. Um, I don't remember. 
Which is bad since I just played it. Like I think I think Panda does show up because okay, so you go to the festival and she doesn't show up, mm-hmm. and you you and me is the one who finds you and is like, hey, what's up? We're gonna we're gonna go She's watch the here. concert. Uh, you find out that she like Mibu is taking her, and she comes along with you to like uh the Kamashiro residence and helps you get in and try and figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, "All right, later, I'm out." <laughs> this is as far as I go. Yep. So eventually, like you you confront him, and he's just like, "Oh, I don't know what was happening." Uh. But you eventually find her, and she's like, she tells you like he's just being like real weird and like pushy on her and trying to like do some real shady stuff and she's not having any of it not interested then i think the panda mask shows up and it's just like real weird then the hoods show up mm-hmm. and chase him off and then they, they they try and like take you down yes because they think they they are they think there is a yomibito in the area and they they subdue both of you and basically are like no this isn't the yomibito mm-hmm. they get called off mm-hmm they leave and then that's that's it. <laughs> yep. That is the end of that route. Um and then you get down into the last two for the true ending. So the penultimate uh route is Yukino. Mm-hmm. Um and she is, you know, obviously she's a writer and everything. She's she's basically here to help kind of like figure out or like do a bunch of research on the town and everything. And she kind of like ropes herself into investigating the, the the disappearances and the girl, the high school girls getting murdered. Um, One of them she had interviewed, so she felt an attachment to yes. her. Yes. So like her route is a lot of like just trying to figure out exactly what's what's supposedly going on. What is actually happening here? Um, she comes to like find out like you know. Um, the two girls who had been murdered had signed copies of the book from from Kaori, mm-hmm. and she she gives her that information, and the teacher's like, "That that sucks," but I don't I didn't kill them, so like I don't know what you want me to do with this. There's also um, like some other connections. Like at one point, there's like a big pile of the books burned outside of their house, the mansion per se. Yeah. And they find like a gold ring in it. I'm mm-hmm. like, huh, that's weird. The, the, um, the gold ring has the initial M in it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Yukino gets stabbed in this on that same night. She gets like a graze, yeah. But she like pepper sprays the yeah. panda man mm-hmm. who got into the house. And then, like, oh man, is it because you like lost your wallet? The key was in it? Man, that's wild. Yeah, so the, the protagonist loses his wallet prior to all of this happening. Mm hmm. Um, and you have two options of like go and get it now or go later the next day and get it. If you go and get it now, you get murdered. Yep. So you have to wait for the next day and all that sort of stuff. And that's when all this stuff happens. And then you go to school the next day um, and you get your wallet and everything seems to be in there and all that. Uh, Mibu shows up, is like there as well because apparently he's doing stuff. And he's like on the board or something like yeah. that. Um, and he talks about how Yukino got attacked and everything and like wishing her well and all this sort of stuff and they, they hitting they, on her yeah they also like say like oh you look you look real tired so you're doing okay he's like oh I just haven't been sleeping well and all that sort of stuff um so there's so there's there's that um, there's also the exchange with the karaoke card yes because mm-hmm. there's yep. a karaoke card in your wallet 
because um, he doesn't have any like debit cards or credit cards or identification, which is wild that he has no identification. But um, the teacher found karaoke card in there that identified who he was. And so she's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're lucky that it was me that found it. Mm-hmm. And this was when I like started texting you. I'm like, this is a thing. And then I threw up my theory and I was like, how close am I? And you're like, <laughs> see like i never went in that direction i was just like oh well she's probably been to a big city and she knows that this the kid came from a big city so he has one of these cards that's how she knows i didn't go in that direction in the slightest <laughs> i because i heard a different name twice and then like this happened. that never that never tripped me up or anything i was just like oh that's the sister's name because sora can be a girl's name it can so it I, was... I never thought anything of it it was the girl's name in uh, Tokyo Xanadu. Yeah, so. Um, never never did anything to me. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yep, once the name came up twice and then like she said that, I was like, hmm. But yeah, I, I, I usually text you whenever I have like ideas on things and you try and play coy with me. Um, and so I texted you this picture and I was like, this is a thing, isn't it? And you were just like, you're on the right track. (laughs) (laughs) Which you later told me, like you were trying really hard to figure out like how to word it so that I didn't like completely spoil it. Yeah. Cause it will come up again. Yep. Later on. Um, so yeah, all that happens. Uh, you know, has been like working with the, the cop who, who rolls up around town a lot and they're trying to figure out what exactly is happening. The cop puts them like puts her on like lockdown after she gets attacked. He's like, "You're not going anywhere. You're not. We're not gonna let you get attacked again. Like we're no. This isn't happening." <laughs> so you miss the festival and all that. Um, but also, she has to leave town in a few days, regardless, because she's she's only here for a little bit. Um, you eventually have a going away party, which everyone shows up to. And, and then, she's like, I'm going to give a speech. Yes. And this is where you, you find out who the panda person is. Yeah, you find out who the panda person is. I think this is also where you find out that they're sisters, because she just reveals everything here. She kind of goes nuts. Yeah. It's like, here's um, your deep reveal of every, of, th- not everything, but a lot of things. A lot of things. A big, a lot of big questions were answered here. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually she points out you you basically get a choice of like okay, here's this list of people, go through them and see who's who, and you can also you can literally go through all of them and it'll be like, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's yep. not it. Wh- why are you doing no? <laughs> <laughs> so literally, it's not like pick one and then oh that's a game over. It's just like there's like no think again, come on, come on you idiot, you got this. Um, eventually you find out that it Mebu is the one who has been who is the the panda mask killer. Who shot? And then he goes into a rampage and tries to take Stab Yukino her. hostage. Yeah. But is eventually subdued. Yep. And they're like, yay. <laughs> uh, Saya basically goes away for a bit because she's like, oh, dude, my brother's a, a, a serial killer. That's f***ed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Yukino leaves. Goes on a train. And that's the end of her route. Um, luckily for other reasons, like, 
I was feeling weird about this because he is like a high school boy and she is an adult. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I really hope there's not like intense dating mechanics here. And there weren't, which made no. me feel better about it. Like you don't blatantly date her like you do the other girl. Like even even the the rest of the game is like there are it's not even like super blatant dating mechanics. It's kind of light. I mean, several routes they smooched. And, but that's it. And like like I said, Saya like mounted him at one point, which does not happen here. Right. Also, there's like panties and boob groping, so which is unfortunate. It's gross. Um so that leaves us with Miyu's or last route, which as you progress through the game, each time you go back to restart, mm-hmm. you get a little video that's that that's plays before it, and it's like someone running through some woods or some water and all that sort of stuff. And each time you go through a route, the video gets longer and longer and longer and longer. Clear. Yes. Um, once you get to Miyu's route, it the video becomes very clear. It shows you a person who is like seeing themselves in a reflection of water. And then the her route begins basically at that point. Yes. Um, where you find out that she is one of the hooded people. Her brother is also one of them. And basically the, the Amana family are Yomabito hunters. Where you learn in her route that the Yomabito legend didn't occur, just occur a hundred years ago. It has occurred every year since then. And their family has been the one to basically subdue Yomibito's when they show up and make sure no one else in the town is able to know about it or learn about it. Um, related. Again, Seven Scarlet does that. They show up every year. Also, they do the same thing with the video at the beginning that like you get more and more information as you keep doing the routes that the video gets longer and you get more information. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty funny. That was the one that we're like, is this an FMV in a, in a, yeah. a Tome game? Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, so yeah, her route is a lot of just like her, or you trying to get her to open up to you, and she's just uh-huh. like, I'm very stoic and silent. And also, you like stalking her at her house business. You just go into that cafe a lot. Oh, it's so creepy. That's <laughs> the thing. Uh, eventually, one night, you go out with her, and then you you bring her back, and then her brother's like, "See, you want Beto? I'll get him." Because I think mm-hmm. you, you basically, like, stumble into, like, their basement, which is, like... A torture chamber? It's a torture chamber for Yomi Bito. And he puts you in, like, a chokehold, and she's like, oh, let him go! And then that's when, like, she reveals, uh, like, the whole thing about her family and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think this is when she reveals that, like, she thought you were Yomi Bito. But now she's unsure because, like, her your aura has changed since the first time you showed up. So now she's she's very unclear, and also she she has this ability to where like she can see people's auras, and that's how she can tell if someone's a human veto or not or not. Um, Which it's funny that it's actually like explained via gameplay that like as you go through these routes and like hang out with the people, like you get like aura traits, mm-hmm. and like she's like, oh yeah, when you're first year, like you had no aura really, and then like now you have all these bright colors that match these girls that we've been hanging out with. I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. Who could have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, like a lot of Mio's route is basically you know 
coincides with the Yomibito stuff where she is trying to figure out, okay, I need to find the Yomibito before the end of the festival because once the festival ends, that's when things are going to go real bad. And if we don't find them before then, like, people are going to die. And it's not going to be good. Um, and she's also, like, worried that, like, her power isn't manifesting strongly enough yet that she's not going to be able to find them and everything because it's, like, her first year of having to do this by herself and all that. Um, so you have, she has all that to deal with as well. Um, eventually, this kind of leads into the same way that, like, Yukino's route was where you find you you have to confront Mibu. Uh, he takes Miyu hostage and, like, stabs her? Twice. Twice like, or in the chest? He stabs her once and, like, twists it, basically. And you're like, oh, God, that's bad. And she, like, gets up, like, immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it was very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he got her in the heart. And this is where you find the reveal of who, who is a Yomabito. Yep. Out and of the characters, you know. person got to be one. Yes. Um, so Mibu basically talks about... Um, you get to learn that like the ring that was found in his and th- that was burned with all those books was his. Mm-hmm. The ring event- like initially said M like to M from K or to to K from M, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and basically, him and Cowrie had like been a thing since high school. Since high school, and they basically kind of kept it on the on the the hush hush because they didn't want people to to know or talk about it and everything. Um, and they were afraid it would like reflect weird on the company mm-hmm. and all that jazz and like uh what's his name yamamoto the the yeah. older brother is like yeah nobody knew who she was dating so like i could never date her but like i was a bodyguard <laughs> like all right weird boy so mibu basically talks about how like their relationship and everything and then over the past few months like they uh there was a point where a few months ago, they broke up. Yes, in May. In May. And then, essentially, he got mad, choked her out, and then dumped her body into a river. So, what happened here is that, like, he's known as, like, a womanizer. He has a mm-hmm. really big reputation for that. Yes. And she breaks up with him saying, like, I know what you've been doing. I don't like it. I want to be the only one that you're with. And she's trying to like essentially call his bluff on it that he's like, you know, if I break up with you and then he'll be like, oh, you know, I'm going to just, it's you all the time. That's what it's going to be. But instead he gets real, real angry and gross and chokes her out and kills her. (laughs) Kind of accidentally. I would suppose. Really accidentally choke someone to death. I mean, technically you can. This was not an accidental. This was more of a like, if I can't have you, no one can type of true. Like this is an entitled dude who is like, I I get everything I want and you're trying to get rid of me and that's not okay. Right. Yeah. Um so that happens and he's like, Oh god, this is bad things it's all over then she shows back up and he's like uh okay i i thought i thought this happened and then she basically she to him she just acts like nothing had happened and he's like he just thinks that she's just acting this way because of what happened she wants him completely out of her life yes 
But the key thing with Yomibito is that they reveal is they lose they also like they lose memory of them dying, but they also lose memory of someone like very important to them. Their closest bond. Yes. So she basically forgets her entire relationship with him and all that. Um and that's why she acts just like normal and friendly towards him and why like it she acts like nothing had happened between them and that throws him for a loop and everything and that's how they they're able to figure out that she is the yomi bito mm-hmm. um you also find out at the end of Miyu's route like they're able to come up with a way to to get rid of yomi bito without just straight up murdering them mm-hmm. and that is for them to basically re-remember that closest bond to them and once they're able to do that they're able to kind of like pass on and they poof away they poof away so they're able to like get Kaori to remember her relationship with Mibu. She's able to do that and kind of talks about like what you you said, like why she she did the whole breakup thing. Um She says her piece and then she poofs away. Oof. Uh also you learn through Mia's route that like a bunch of people in the town are are family members of hers that are yeah. just, like are basically kind of like in random locations because like they need people in those locations to cover things up when things get bad with the Yomibito stuff. So like uh Ryoko the cop is also one of her family members. Um the hospital lady is one of her family yes. members. And then there's like some dude who works in the Kamashiro Hotel who's one of their family members. Like they have people everywhere in this town. Mm-hmm. Which like like we were just talking about this, like if you were trying to pull off like an operation of this nature and like keep this weird supernatural thing from seeing the light of day for a hundred years, you would need a lot of people in a lot of different locations to be able to, to know the right things to do to cover things up. Mm-hmm. And they basically have that covered. <laughs> but that, it still freaks me out. Cause I'm like, which you would know, we were talking about this, that you would know it, but I was like, how are they ever going to like not date your cousin here? Cause everybody's related. I feel like like if they are assuming a different identity and everything, they are probably in that hooded group as well. Yeah, they are. So they would probably, they would at least know each other. Or at least if things were like looking towards that direction, someone would come up and be like, hey, hey about that. Maybe don't do that. Let's <laughs> cut that out. Um, so yeah, that's a big reveal. Mm-hmm. Um... And then we we end up, like, getting uh, Miu, like, in the hospital. She's going to get everything checked out. She takes Which they don't, they don't tell anyone exactly what happened. Like, the others show up and, like, have kind of, like, weird, like, different stories about what they think happened. But no one tells them that she got stabbed by Mibu and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, but yeah. They take they, a picture. They take a picture of everyone together. Um, Hanako's glasses fall off in the picture, which is funny. Yep. You get to see main character's face. Mm-hmm. Before that, he's mostly just like shirts and hands and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and that's how her route ends. Well, there is one part post credits that mm-hmm. she says to somebody on the phone, there's another. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ends. And then you go into the truer ending, and that begins with uh, Miami getting a phone call from her uncle. I guess your uncle as well. Mm-hmm. And they're on the phone talking about the photo that they they took 
and she's like, wait, what? What do you, what? It's like at a going away party that this happens. Yes. And she's just like talking like, what, what, what do you, what do you mean? What, how's that possible? How, what do you mean they're dead? And then that, they kick into the, the true ending route from there, which like you said, like that, the phone call takes place a little bit later in the, the actual route, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the true ending route basically is you going to a going away party for Yukino and Ray. Because mm-hmm. they are obviously leaving, leaving town because of things. Um, And yeah, it's basically, and I think um, it's a good way for everyone to kind of get together and everything after all the events have transpired and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Saya doesn't show up because things with her brother are weird, and she's, she's stressed. She's stressed and kind of feeling awkward oh, about so she's showing up over the company. Yeah, she's she's got a lot on her plate. Um, teacher can't show up obviously because she poofed away. She's dead. <laughs> she is. She's out of the picture. So basically, it's the rest of them that show up, and also it is. The, the going away party is happening during a big rainstorm, so people are showing up at, like, different intervals because of the storm and everything. Um, so that happens. Uh, eventually, the, the phone call from, from Miami happens. She goes outside and comes back in. It's just, like, it's like shook. Mm-hmm. She is very shook. She, like, looks at the main character and is like, who are you? Yes. And then he's like, wait, wait, what? Like no, who are you? Um, she drops the bombshell that the name that you give the protagonist at the very beginning of the game is not your name. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, uh. And then they cut to an ad break. <laughs> it was so weird. It's funny. So, here's where you get the big reveals. Mm-hmm. And also, here's where you get the character, the protag, voiced again. Because the, the the protag is voiced at the very beginning of the game, in mm-hmm. the prologue. Once you name him, he it is, stops. He stops being voiced. Which then, I, I pointed out, I was like, this is really weird. Mm-hmm. He still says things. He still has a voice. Why did they not voice him? Because he's a different character. You you played it coy. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, he, he just had those few lines. And, you know, <laughs> e- easy work for the voice actor. <laughs> Like yeah, but yeah, he does become a different character when he becomes whatever you name him. Yep. So this also plays into the fact that there is a prevailing theory that I had going throughout most of this game, and you also had going through most of this game that the mo- the main protagonist is a Yomi Bito. Yep. And I thought I thought that was kind of going that was going to be the way they were going to go with this game, which I think it would be a, a cool idea. Hmm. To go to go with that, but that ends up not being the case. Um, Although I got two out of three guesses right, I was pretty proud of myself. I mean, that's what Meatloaf says. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> um, so eventually, you know, they 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 keep badgering you to be like, "Who are you?" And you kind of just like don't say anything, and then eventually you, you you begin to talk. Um, you discuss how the name you have been the that you give the protagonist is a fake name that you basically kind of came up with just to like get away from everything after the incident with your sister. Um, he was online bullying, and he said that his life was basically ruined because like yeah. anybody could search him and find these things. And mm-hmm. like the the main protagonist is basically like he goes to to me to Mihate basically to get to go die. Yeah, he got a letter and. 
they say like, oh, I guess we can assume it's from the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he wanted to die. That's why when he shows up and, like, uh, Miyu tries to look at his aura, like, it's not, nothing's there. Yeah, because he Cause was, he's... like, on the edge of death. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually they try and point him out as the Yomibito, and he's like, nope, nope, that's not me. She's the Yomibito. Mm-hmm. And basically he points to Yukino, and she's like, huh, what? That? What are you talking about? And then he gives, he's like, I know who she is, who she really is. I know she's not, she shouldn't be here because my name is Sora Otanashi. And Otanashi is the last name of Yukino. And everybody's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what they say. <laughs> uh, which called it, I called it mm-hmm. way early. I was pretty proud of myself. So. Like you said, there's like, like the name Sora comes up a few times. Like one of them is in like there's a pencil bag that the protagonist has that has the name Sora like on one of the pencils, and he's very protective of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it comes up again at another point as well. There's but... another point where in the prologue there is a scene where you hear a car accident and you hear a woman say Sora, mm-hmm. and I was like, huh, that's weird. And then, like, when the pen came up, and then especially when the teacher said, like, oh, you're lucky that I found it. I was like, his name is not what I gave him. His yeah. name is Sora. So there's a there's a tip that comes up around the same point as well that, like, that talks about, like, the, the, the actual protagonist's name. And it refers back to another tip that you get when you get your wallet back and the library, and the, not library card, the, the karaoke card. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the thing is that the teacher knew your actual name. Because she sent you the documents to come to Mihate High School and all that sort of stuff. Right. So she knew who you actually were. And that's how she was able to figure out that karaoke card was yours. Because she knows your actual name and all that sort of stuff. Again. Um, nailed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you point the finger at Yukino, she basically, like, collapses. Or she, like, gets sick and has to go to the she bathroom. She really and, sick. And then goes to lay down. Mm-hmm. And then you basically kind of go into, like, your story of, like... Like, yeah, my, I'm the reason my sister died because she got a new car and I basically begged her to drive it and then she relented and let me drive. And then, oh God, we flipped the car and I'm she died. I'm an idiot, I can't drive. Yeah. And like one of the last things I remember of her was like her necklace dangling and it's the same necklace that she's wearing now. And yeah. when I came to this town initially, like from the, the very beginning in the prologue, like I was, you know, very tired and everything on the train and when I woke up, I saw her, and I thought I was still in a dream state, and I didn't think it was real or anything. And, and then, then she when, showed up at the mansion. And then she showed up again, and I was like, what is going on? Which is, it's interesting, because throughout the the whole story, like, anytime, like, when when he first starts seeing Yukino, like, he keeps mentioning, like, oh, my chest is, like, tightening, and every, anytime I see her and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And near the end of her route as well, like, he basically, like, begs her not to leave, and you yeah. can, like, it, the way they write it, it makes it seem like, oh, well, you know, they have he has feelings for her, so he doesn't want her to leave the town and everything. But I think it, it's really well done as well because it's very subtle with, like, those hints and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, once you go back and, like, think about it, like, oh, this is why he's actually thinking that because, like, it's his sister come back to life and he doesn't want her to leave again and be gone forever. And his chest hurts because he's, like, one, freaking out, but yes. two, like, he's missed his sister this whole time, mm-hmm. and he felt like it was his fault, and now she's right in front of him. So, like, yeah, I could see that. 
Oh, that was like a really subtle and clever way to, to do that. Like it's very like I mean that's very out in the open in terms of like writing it, but it's also good because like without that context you wouldn't completely understand it. But once you get that context, it's like it makes it so much clearer. It does still feel weird that she asked him for a kiss and also offered like sexy photos of herself. Yes. Yeah. I will deny that. <laughs> um, which I don't remember if they actually kissed. They, I think they. She asks. She she offers it, but I think they. That's where the 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 route ends. They don't okay. really. They cut it off there. Okay. So thankfully, it doesn't go that far. <laughs> Oof. That'd be um, weird. Yeah. So basically. But she, she does say, like, when she offers the sexy photos, like, I'll pass. I do not want that. So yeah, he doesn't go for any of that. <laughs> there's at least that, which is good. It's not like one of those weird, like, sister complex stories. Yeah. I mean, it is a sister complex story, but not like one where not, he's Not in that thing, yeah. Like, I will give the protagonist something. Like, he is not, like, he's not the, the weird, creepy, pervy character that visual novels can sometimes tend to have. Yeah, like, whenever something happens, he, like, feels bad about it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, somebody's like, oh, hey, I'll do this sexy thing for you. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, mm. like, Like, you mentioned, like, there's a moment where, like, he inadvertently gropes Mimi. Mm-hmm. And, like, he spends, like, the entire rest of the afternoon, like, oh, God, I got to apologize. I got to figure out a way, a good way to apologize to her and make her, like, realize, like, this was not intentional. I did not mean for this to happen. I, I'm very sorry for it. And then remembers that she doesn't hold grudges. But he like he even goes through with like like going to apologize to her and she's yeah like, he still apologizes yeah whatever and he's like oh right she doesn't hold grudges but like I was very impressed that he went to like all that trouble to like try and apologize. figure out a good way to like apologize and like felt very bad about it yeah it it was actually good and I mean like the fact that the first day that she shows up and she's like boobs out in his bed he's like I will deal with this in the morning and just like <laughs> lays against the wall I don't I don't want to do anything bad. Like, he he didn't even, like, make any kind of pretty comment or anything. I was like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. He does really like women in their bathing suits, though. He gets to see a lot of those, so. Yeah, there's like, oh, hey, we're going to go to the secret code that nobody knows about, but we all know <laughs> but about. But all of them know it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, so the end of the, the true ending, um, Yukino eventually wakes back up. And they kind of go through what had just been told to that Sora tells them and tells her. And they clarify that, like, the uncle said that, like, the person that was in the picture was her and she was dead. Mm-hmm. So they do enough to make her remember, like, Sora and everything and get her to pass on peacefully. And they also do a good job of, like, everyone else kind of comes together to be like, to like tell the protagonist of like you know she would want you to to be happy and everything and and want you to not basically go through life just feeling dreadful and just listless and all that sort of stuff like you have she would want you to live she would want you to continue how you how you've been going through life this past couple of months where you've basically kind of turned around changed your your outlook on life and all that sort of stuff um so it, it kind of comes as like twofold in nature of like getting her to remember so she passes on but also making sure protagonist realizes that like life is still worth living even though she's going to be gone now for for good yeah and i mean the good thing is is that like hey don't take that (laughs) oh my god um (laughs) like they kept talking about how she was like 
to the point where she was getting close to turning and that's why she was getting so sick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so they were able to avoid that, which would have been very, very tragic. But yeah, she she remembers them and everything is okay. But she does point out like, oh, hey, the article that she wrote that you guys have been talking about. The, did you notice that she wrote that in the fall? <laughs> yeah. So weird coincidence uh but yeah they're they're able to get her to to pass on and everything is everything's fine ish ish um so everything kind of goes through the rest of it where the uh protag continues going to school and everything which also like once the protag gets named and everything he actually gets character art so that's kind of like more reason why he's actually like a different character per yeah. se um so all that happens and then like there's a post-credit scene where miyu mentions how like there could also be another Yomabito out there mm-hmm. and then someone shows up to become the new teacher um yeah. and it's they describe it in like the character slides like this is the person that Ryoku the the cop uh reported to mm-hmm. but she is also the priest daughter who runs the shrine that's over by the um Saya's house mm-hmm. um also, there is this character mentioned of at least two or three times. It was like this person left like a decade ago and never came back. They never wrote any letters. They never said anything. They just left. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say like this was the priest's daughter. This was her name. That's the name of the teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh. And basically, so, they kind of set up maybe doing another game or something. It feels like they set up a sequel. Yeah. The Seven Scarlet World End Syndrome crossover game. There were so many blatant similarities to Seven Scarlet that, I, I mean, I really felt like I was playing the same game. At- I mean, usually you kind of get that when, like, it's the same writer and all that sort of, sort of stuff, but usually it's not this direct and sort of, like, how similar they are. It's It's basically, like... Somebody went and copy pasted something, and then they went and did like a find and replace for a few words. <laughs> Let's change the gender of your datables, and just th- there you go. <laughs> and, and the ages, their age. Yeah, that's basically it. Like literally, you have a club or a group that researches the phenomenon in that one. Mm-hmm. All the datables are in it. There is a secret society that hunts the the not the dead people who are coming back that murder people. Um, one of the most prominent people in the town is in charge of that. Um, which like, it's a little bit different in this case that like they used to be very, very prominent, but also like, yeah. Um, there's a secret idol. Like it's, it's insane. How much of it's the same? There's a waterside barbecue. It's very similar. It is very, very similar. So, like, it took a bit of the wind out of the sails. Right. Like, and I think that's like what we were talking about very early on is that coming to this from different perspectives, like we were, like, I, I enjoyed this more because, like, a lot of this was more fresh to me. Mm-hmm. And stuff I hadn't like experienced elsewhere, and like like a, obviously a game like Seven Scarlet, 
but for you like you know you've gone through seven scarlet you've played this sort of thing so like you coming to this it's like yeah this is yeah okay i guess I mean, that's same thing okay yeah all right it's not necessarily like as new and like exciting as it was the first time through like when you played seven scarlet which i wonder like i would assume maybe it would probably be similar if like someone played this first and then played seven scarlet where the latter would be like you know oh this is the same kind of things here and there so yeah but seven scarlet came first didn't it it did, but I'm but I'm saying like if someone played this first and then Seven Scarlet, right, right, that makes sense. And I mean, the thing is, like, early on, you asked me to like guess what the plot twist would be, and you were pretty much you were I like super, I wasn't far like, off. extremely on, but yeah, you were like you had probably like half of it right, I think. Yeah, at least. So yeah, um, and like I said, I guess two out of three. Because I, I said that it was either um, the teacher, uh, blue-haired girl, which is the sister, or the protagonist mm -hmm. that were going to be the Yomibitos. And then I also did called the whole, like, name thing. Mm -hmm. It was it was wild. Which I really like the name thing. Like, I think that's a really good subversion of... That was very clever. ...general protagonist nature and visual novels, which, which I saw someone not like it because it took away like their that it, that it was them and i'm like that's kind of the point that's the point <laughs> um but it's not supposed to be you yeah just like the whole idea that like you have this protagonist who is an actual character and then basically lets you name them to become yourself and then near the end of the game just rips the floor out from under you it's like no i am this person i am not you right like this is who i really am like i that was I that was really it. really really well done that was really um, well done. I, I, I appreciated that, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I did name my character uh, the dumb character limit thing was an issue. Yeah, that's a real big bummer is that it's kind of similar to how Persona Q is where there's a character limit on first and last names. So you have six characters per per name. So if you have long names, you cannot fit them in there, even though there's like long names in this game. Yep. But yeah, it's a bummer. So I named him a version of Toa's name from Seven Scarlet because he was mm -hmm. the best boy. Uh, also, I want to make mention that um, another one of the big things I really enjoyed this game was the the background art, which is yes. gorgeous. It's really, really pretty, and it, it has motion to it. it. Like yeah, like the motion I think is the big thing that kind of sets it apart from like other games in this in this whole field where like a lot of visual novels, you know, it's pretty like static images for backgrounds or stuff, maybe like a little bit a flare here and there but like the way the backgrounds kind of like just like the way they were they were designed and looked and the having like that added motion here and there like it really just made you become more immersed in this world and like make you feel like you're actually there mm -hmm. which i think really helps the story a lot um and i think as well they do a good job of kind of like capturing that small town feel and vibe um that you get from like you know actual small towns and, and so that sort of stuff like it's it's very similar to the ways that like um it's gonna it's gonna be a weird comparison but like yakuza 6 i like had a <laughs> had had that when they um they had half of their game in like a small town and also like i got like i got the same kind of vibes from like life is strange mm. with the way they also like had you know a small town and obviously you know supernatural mysteries and all that sort of stuff but like it had that same kind of feel that both of those types of games did when it came to like capturing the the vibe of a small town, and I think this got, this game does a really good job with that as well. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I will say that one thing that really did bother me mm-hmm. is that like everybody except for one character was just like insanely busty. Yeah. Like it was excessive. I feel like that's though that's just that's visual novel tropes. Not to excuse it, but like it's one of those things I just feel like I'm not surprised by at this point. I mean, there's there's no medium here. It's just like either totally huge, huge hammer hammers or like flat chested. There's no like in between. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, guys, give me just like something to work with here. But no, they're like, here, have this giant boob that's the size of his head. I'm like, okay, sure. Can, can we talk about the the actual best part of this game? Actual best part. Uh, so we play. So for clarification, we played this on the Nintendo Switch. Uh huh. Um, and like we said, this game came out also on the PS4. It also came out on the Vita in Japan, but did not transfer over. Ah, uh, the Vita to save. US. Yeah. They basically make a faux Vita save interface for, like, the Switch version. I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's the same for the PS4 version, but, like, it is literally the Vita save interface. It is. And I was like, what the f***? Yeah. You even sent me a picture before I even started playing it. Like, look at this. I was like, it's, holy crap. <laughs> it's that. Yeah. it that Literally, that's what it is. I mean, I know people are calling the Switch the Vita 2.0, but, like... That's... That's... That's a little on the nose. <laughs> Talk about copy paste. <laughs> that that's hilarious. It was that, like when I first saw that I was like, "Wow, dang, it's really good." <sighs> well, is there anything else you want to discuss about this game before we wrap up? Uh, when are you gonna play Seven Scarlet now? <laughs> I mean, I've already seen it, so. Fair. I can just replace everything with dudes, and I'll get the same gist. Fair. <laughs> and everyone has long hands. Everybody has giant hands. <laughs> it's wild. Um, I mean, generally, like I liked it, but like I said, or like I said, it takes a bit of the wind out of the sails when you've mm-hmm. already basically played the game before. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad I played it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I came into this game not knowing anything. I just picked it like it was one of our choices for a games to review. And I was like, I'll pick this up. Sure. And didn't really have any expectations coming into it and was pleasantly surprised by the the experience and like how much fun I had, like unraveling this mystery and everything and how how much I enjoyed, like just the way they unfolded it and like, you know, presented you with information uh, that the protagonist switch is very good. That's um, legit the best part of this game. Like yeah. that is the most well-written part of this game is that protagonist switch. Mm-hmm. Um, really well done. But like you said, like if you've come, if you've played Seven Scarlet before, like this is kind of not going to be as impressive, right? But if you haven't, like I think this is, it's, it's a, still good. It's pretty good. Like it's not like the the greatest visual novel ever to come out, but like it is, it's fairly good. Like I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Also, if you are. Um, a dude who is threatened by having to date other dudes. This is your option to play Seven Scarlet and not have to date dudes. Although the dudes are very, very pretty. So there you go. Um, before we wrap up entirely, there is a Nintendo Direct tomorrow, as we were recording mm-hmm. this, obviously. Correct. Um, there is that, that supposed leak of an SNK character coming to Smash. Mm-hmm. 
what SNK character do you want in Smash, and why is it Terry Bogard? I say so you know the answer. To I know. This. Um, okay, so if if it's not Terry Bogard, what SNK character would you want it to be? Mm. Who would you want it to be? I mean. What about what about a young a young whippersnapper by the name of Rock Howard? What about Kushnud Butt? What about just any character from Garo Mark of the Wolves, really? Oh my god. I, I will say like I, I hope it's Terry, because I mean obviously Terry's kind of like one of the de facto mascots of S and K and he's kind of been in a lot of different fighting games, like and I just Terry's 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 my boy. Mm-hmm. Um I hope it's not my I would probably be, I'd be real disappointed if it's my. I would be disappointed by that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope it's Terry, I or just too. or someone from Rock, from Mark of the Wolves, <laughs> or just put the entire cast of Mark of the Wolves in Smash. I would be okay with that. Just make Mark of the Wolves playable in Smash. <laughs> I saw someone make a tweet of like, no, the the thing about them putting an SNK character into Smash isn't right. SNK is actually going to make a new Smash game. <laughs> And like, I would play the hell out of that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> like, you kidding me? I mean, it'd be interesting. Be real good. But yeah, um, that is the the supposed rumor right now. There was also like that rumor, like, oh, there's the next character is going to be a lady. But yeah. And then that kind of blew up with that whole Overwatch case getting leaked and then everyone's like it's gonna be tracer from overwatch and i'm mad and now everyone's mad about snk and they're like what's an snk and it's like mm. ouch my age and also smash fans getting mad about snk characters and it's just like god smash fans get mad about everything you can't please them literally everything like no wonder he tried to like work himself to death is like nobody's ever happy um, it's very very frustrating. But yeah, I didn't even know there was a whole rumor about Tracer being the character. It was like some like message board post that like the next character is going to be a lady, and then there was an Overwatch case that came that got leaked that got put on Amazon for Switch, mm. and then people thought like there's going to be an Overwatch for Switch announcement like coming soon, which that that could happen. Who knows? Yeah. And then people were putting two and two together and thinking, oh well, that's the the next character is going to be Tracer, which, eh. But. Give me, give me my boy Terry Bogart. I want to see him punch Mario in the face and ask him if he's okay and then yell Buster Wolf. Are you okay? Buster Wolf. I want Terry Bogart to punch the following people into the face. Mario. Uh-huh. Yoshi. Uh-huh. I mean, Luigi, tax fraud. Yes. Um, Cloud Strife. Okay. Joker. Okay. Solid Snake. Uh-huh. Basically every character in Smash. Okay. <laughs> Is there anyone you want to spare? <sighs> Bayonetta. Okay. Terry and Bogart and Bayonetta are gonna are gonna team up and hang out. They'd be bros. They would. <laughs> He's really the only option, though. Like I, I, I really hope that it's him. Give me, give me Terry. Give me my boy. I'm gonna put my Fatal Fury hat on. Terry just needs to be in more games, honestly. 
They, That's just honestly, really you're not wrong. What it boils down to, put Terry. I can't even talk anymore. Put him in more games. Also, of course, you know there is other stuff that's going to be announced. There, Nintendo is talking about like their 2019. That's like, that's what they're focusing on for that direct. Um, I would like to invite all of you. Obviously, this is going up afterwards, but in case this doesn't happen, but or if in case it does, please join us in our Tokyo Mirage Sessions Switch Port Prayer Circle. Mm-hmm. Grab your copy of Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Just place it in front of you and just hope to the high heavens. Hope to wherever things go. The Tokyo Mirage Sessions gets announced for Switch. It needs to happen. Atlas. You cowards. Atlas, you cowards. So yeah, that's that's okay. That's our episode. We're done. We're probably, I'll probably edit this and be like, "Man, Terry, you could have could have been." <laughs> or the or they'll just not announce anything. I'll just be like, "All right, well." All right, well. That's the thing. I mean, that's the risk of us talking about things before announcements. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Anyways, if you'd like more from us, go to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Anime Checkup and Jared Net Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. And you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash animecheckup. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash sacova. It's where you can get this podcast days earlier and unedited because I don't edit it until after you get to hear all them cursing yay and times where we like cut out things that are like long pauses or the cats attack owl Sometimes stuff like that season. <laughs> uh so maxwell yeah. eating cords that too uh next week we'll talk about i don't know something who knows at this point it'll be something yep